With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and I'm going to begin this episode by giving my co-host Jessica Lewis a test. A test? A test. So I'm going to send you to the wiggle room. Oh, my goodness. And and you have to steal a wombat hat and bring it to me when we see each other at Know-It-All's Live in New York City this week. Ooh, is it going to be completely dark and impossible to see when I go in there? I don't know. I've never been in the wiggle room. Mm, This could be interesting. Would this actually... Get me anything if I'm successful? Yes, I will give you an RHAP pop socket. Oh, okay. But what if I get in there and uh, I don't see a hat, but I see like the rack that they're on? Well, you could bring me the whole rack um, or you could. uh, Let's see. What else? You can bring me a tape of Josh Wiggler laughing at you. And then and then I would win. Yes. This seems like a very strange uh, made up kind of thing to do. (laughs) Well, just wait until I teach you how to army crawl to get to the wiggle room. Oh, are there any bushes I'll be able to hide behind? I'm sure there are. uh, Or at least a leaf. All right. I think I I think I could be successful at this as long as you can just change the rules once you realize that it's raining. (laughs) I don't think it'll be raining in the wiggle room. Oh, that's true. That's true. But isn't that what isn't that what happened? On that other show that we on that other show, about. oh yeah, that is what happened there when they yeah. when they ended up uh, Frankenbiting uh, in the stuff about uh, Rob saying or bring us evidence because it was clear that he never said that originally. Yeah, that's really kind of disappointing to be completely honest with you. Well, I, I don't know why they did that because, and I realize we're going off on a massive tangent here, everybody, but uh, I. I thought it would be more interesting if we didn't hear the or bring evidence, because then we would have been in the same place that Vince was. Oh, my gosh, I got here. There's no fire. What am I going to do? And then they made it so obvious. I think Jeff Probst forgot that they had Frankenbited that because he talked about it in an interview on Entertainment Weekly and said, well, you know, Vince had to think on his feet. He had to determine what he should do and he came up with this idea it's like uh jeff did did you forget that you put in the quote about bring evidence 
And you know what? Since we're talking about that whole moment and how that didn't make any sense, how about the whole thing didn't make any sense? How about just this? I don't know. Opportunity. It made perfect sense because what, what it was made teaching, perfect sense? It was teaching him how to stay calm under pressure. Um, ridiculous. Just what I'm. I'm just gonna go with it. I'm just gonna call it out like I like I see well, it. Ridiculous. I'll tell you, it's gonna come up. It's gonna come up. Uh, as we get to this actual podcast that we're supposed to be doing, <laughs> listen. You started off with a test. Oh no, I needed no, I'm to not make sure you. I knew the rules. Yes, I'm not blaming you. I'm I just didn't want you Frank inviting something later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden there's some rule in there that I didn't know about, and sounds right. like it always existed. I'm going to go around to everybody who has a poster and hand write it in. New rule. It's <laughs> a good idea. That's a lot of people, though. A lot of traveling. I know. I know. It's it's just what you got to do. All right. So All should we right. talk about Vince now? Um. Well, we were talking about Vince, actually. A little bit. We just a little weren't bit. talking about why Vince lost. Uh, yes, well, that's before, true. before we get to that, you know, we have a few other things, as usual. Uh, like, for example, in prior weeks, we were at least able to say we predicted something right. It might not have been important. It might have been bizarre, but something. Mm -hmm. um, this week, nothing. Zip, nothing. Zilch. Nada. Uh, I mean, I did predict in the preseason podcast that Vince would be the first one out of his tribe. So I, I was a little close there. Oh, seriously? You're going to give yourself credit for that? I have credit? Uh, I No. I'm not, I'm not going to let you even take a half credit. Oh, Listen, man, you're a tough grader. I, you know what? I'm sorry. This is someone who is very, very bad at predictions. So if we're looking for half credits, I'm going to start digging because that's oh. what I'm going to be shooting for now because I'm okay. terrible at full credit. Okay. I mean, I, I think it's a, a little unfair because the preview broke Kubicki's law because they showed Vince. They did. They did. They showed Vince. So maybe they've been listening. Someone oh, listened to Hubicki's Law. That could be. Uh, I mean, Jeff Probst has now, you know, argued with CBS and gotten approval for uh, previews and commercials to review them. So maybe he had some impact there. You know, I am impressed that he did that because someone who's been doing this now for, a, I don't even know how many, is it a couple of years now that I've been doing this with you? Mm -hmm. uh, I do spend an inordinate amount of time watching previews sometimes <laughs> just to try to catch like a glimpse of maybe they screwed up somewhere becomes a little obsessive. So <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they might have taken that away because that's just it's not as much fun when you have a cheat like that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's even less fun when they show it in the commercial what's going to happen uh, you know, later in that hour. Yeah, as they did in the first episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they need to be a little more mindful of that. Yeah, I think that's what uh, that's what finally got Jeff uh, really uh, going there. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, you know what else happened this week? We got to hear from Dean. We did. And he debuted as a self-described dum-dum. <gasps> I'm not going to say anything like He that. said it. I'm just quoting him. <laughs> At least I did believe I'm quoting him. Maybe it, it all happened in my mind. I don't know. And he tripped, too, which was fun. Yes, he did. And, uh, you know, anyone who followed me on Twitter while I was live tweeting uh, knows that throughout most of the episode, I thought we were going to have a situation where we met Dean, uh, got like one confessional from Dean, and then Dean would be gone. And that's that. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of a strange edit for him, for sure. 
Yeah, or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, I, obviously, I was overthinking things a little bit there since I was thinking that right up until the moment when obviously Dean did not get a single vote. True. Very true. Um, so, and we also saw bleeding charisma, which I could have done without. Yeah, that was a little bit tough. And I, there was some discussion about that by Vince and his exit press that they were trying to stay close to her, but they wanted to give her her space. Listen, I'm not good with blood either. Like I will be the first one to tell you, I do not have a strong stomach, but I feel like if someone was bleeding and hunched over laying on the ground like that, I don't think standing far away, I don't think she wants space. I'm just saying, I think maybe she wanted someone to come over and comfort her a little bit. You know, maybe the mom and me would have kicked in and been like, let me help take care of you. But I don't think that that was the right response that, anybody had to that moment where they just all wanted to give her space or they had a weak stomach and they couldn't go near her or they didn't want to see her in pain because they care about her. There was all Mm -hmm. kinds of weird explanations being floated out. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand it. I thought maybe that they didn't realize what was happening or didn't think it was serious or I I, I don't know. I I have no explanation for what happened really. All in all, I thought it was a weak episode. (laughs) <laughs> to be Uh-oh. completely honest with you. Really? <laughs> yes. I was very unimpressed. I there were there were some moments that were in I mean obviously it's enjoyable but there were some some better moments but overall I was just kind of eh about the episode. Like it just I felt like something was missing. Like this all this all transpired Vince ended up going home but I don't it was a very oddly put together episode I think. How can you call it a weak episode when you have Sandra teaching people how to crawl and hide? That whole thing was obnoxious. I'm sorry. I love Sandra and I love Boston Rob, but I feel like, oh, should I do this now or should I wait? You might as well do it now. I mean, okay. at, at some point we'll we'll actually talk about why Vince lost. But, um, you know, for for right now, uh, I well, I'll, I'll let you uh, have the floor. Well, I just feel like this idea of Island of the Idols already puts people in a difficult spot when they get sent out there because everyone who's playing hears idol and they Mm -hmm. panic. And we saw that happen this week because all of a sudden everyone was like, Vince is going to have an idol. It was almost immediate. As soon as he got sent, I know we're going to get, we're going to get, we'll get to that. Cause I think, yeah, I think there's a lot more to be said there. I do think there is a lot more, but then, so when we actually go to the Island of the idols and this is an opportunity they're supposed to be teaching whoever goes there skills that will be helpful in the game. Okay, see the first episode, Making Fire, incredibly significant. Like that matters, especially now with the final four, Making Fire. Paying attention to people talking to you, I, yes, I get that too, because you do really need to know who you're playing with and it's better if you have good relationships with people. So I could understand that methodology as well and that lesson that they wanted to provide but then we're gonna have you sneak into the other tribes camp to steal fire without getting caught it's really i mean it's not that helpful because you're never going it just doesn't happen that you have to do that hold on let me i'm let me quote from my rules okay from rule rule one says an additional part of plotting and scheming can also be making good use of sneakiness 
Tony had his spy shack. But long before him, we saw Sandra hiding behind the bushes in Pearl Islands and overhearing Burton and John talking. Oh, she was and able that, to yes. use that information uh, and and so on and so on. We've you know, we've seen others following people during idol hunts, rummaging through belongings. You name it. All's fair in Survivor and War. And, you know, I, I think that they're just uh, taking that straight out of my rules. Well, and they and they might be. They might be because we did see Sandra behind a palm frond. Yes. So it's quite possible. But my but my point no, here we would couldn't be this. see her. She was invisible. That's right. We couldn't see her. My point is this. If you want to teach them how to be sneaky, then put him into a situation or a circumstance where he's going to have to be sneaky around his like the actual tribe. I don't, there could have been a different way to do it, because basically you're sneaking into an incredibly dark camp. That no one's going to see you anyway. And even if they hear you, they're going to just assume it's probably a producer or somebody got up to go to the bathroom. Right. Like it's not it's not as like mission impossible as they wanted to make it seem, because, well, trust me, you can't see a damn thing when you're out there. It is what so could dark. you see? What could you see? A lit torch. If it hadn't rained, if things had gone as planned, he was supposed to light up his torch. And much like the GIF I posted on Twitter, that would have stood out like a flamethrower if he was. And that is true. That is, you know, true. if he was grabbing fire from the camp and then running off into the bushes, people would have been like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, but you know what? They probably just would have been like, what the hell is going on? And then it would have been over. I mean, we had right. a bird light itself on fire when I when Ooh. we were out there. Like, it wow, looked, self-cooking food. That's I'm telling cool. you, it, it, it ran through the fire, set itself on fire. And ran away and we, it, it woke us up and we were like, what is going on? And the producers got involved and like put the bird out and it's just this whole thing. You but, just thought it was a bird. It was actually Vince. <laughs> he was practicing ahead of time. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. There was something kind of lackluster about it. Like, I just feel like that it, to me, it, it didn't really, uh, it just didn't work for me. There was just something about it that I was like, I don't really I don't love this lesson. I understand the idea and the concept of it, but I didn't love the way that it was done. So. All right. I mean, here here's a question for you. Would you rather have this or a reward challenge? Oh, I would rather have um, a reward challenge. Really? Boo. Boo, well, Jessica. Boo me. But here's, I don't <laughs> love the Island of the Idol thing. I don't love it. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's certainly much better than it's certainly much better than last uh, season's oh, yeah. I Listen, island. If we're going to talk about the, that whole thing later, I'll go on my soapbox yeah. again and I'll. Yeah, we already about... did. People, people know all about our soapboxes there. I know. And there's um, going to be a, another soapbox because I'll, uh -oh. I, I think it I really do think that it kind of excuse the expression, but I think it kind of screwed Vince over. Hmm. And that's kind of unfair. Yeah. Well, well. Let's just say I disagree and we'll get to that soon okay. because because that's what we're here to talk about, even though we are almost 15 minutes in. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, hey, sometimes we go off on tangents. What are you doing to do? Uh, so we'll we'll, uh, of course, talk mostly about Vince and go through his game, not just from what we saw on TV, but also looking at interviews, Twitter clips from CBS All Access now that they're back and uh, compare his gameplay to a set of rules I originally wrote after the first season of Survivor, which I've been updating ever since. Uh, in case you didn't catch it last time, the new version of the rules is now available at 
robhasawebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules. And, you know, there you'll also be able to see the changes that I made from last season. Of course, there's also the shorter and much more colorful version in poster form, which I already kind of alluded to. And anybody who's been listening to our podcasts knows all about, but that's not going to stop us from reminding you because uh, you can get them at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Yes, and it's actually very easy as well if you do go to Rob has a website link to Why Blank Lost. There's the actual image right there. You can click directly on the image. Right, for this podcast. Well, no, but I mean, the, poster, the poster image is there too. So you can actually see the poster. So you can also check it out there and then you can go right. buy it. So I'm just saying, right. like you have, some, you have some options. When you're going to read the rules and you're curious about, do I want this poster? You can look right at the poster and you can see it. And then you can go on eBay and you can order it. It's only $20. That's right. All right. So you were just saying, and I've heard a lot of other people say that Vince was targeted because he was sent to Island of the Idols. But I'm telling you right now, we're about to find out that's not it at all. Uh, Some in, in of it. Our... Nope. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Uh, in, in our preseason podcast, I picked Vince to go very early, like I mentioned, largely because Jeff Probst had said, he was peculiar to be around, and Vince had talked about how he was going to play with two different personas, which I thought would be rather difficult. Mm -hmm. I don't think we really saw either of those come into play, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if it comes up. Vince was taught by Rob and Sandra to stay calm under pressure. Then when he needed to play his idol, he may have stayed a little bit too calm. So. Mm. Was it all Rob and Sandra's fault? It's finally time to figure out why Vince lost. 20 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, the, of course, the first and most important rule is to scheme and plot. And, you know, Vince is a Survivor super fan, and he certainly knew going in that this was important. Uh, from the moment he got there, he seemed to be on the move in this regard. He said in interviews that he planned to align with the women from the start and had done so by day two, further doing recon work by telling them what the guys were saying. He thought he was 100% solid with them. Mm -hmm. He also said in interviews that he was the one who led the Ronnie blind side by gathering the votes and convincing Dean to vote Ronnie because Ronnie had been putting Dean's name out there. It's not clear to me if Ronnie actually had been putting Dean's name out or not because Ronnie said in interviews a couple weeks ago, that Vince also claimed he'd put Chelsea's name out there when all he'd done was kind of comment on how bad she was at the puzzle. Mm -hmm. uh, now, remember, who were the three working on that first puzzle? Chelsea, Dean, and Vince himself. Mm -hmm. Well, I do so, think that it's it's an interesting concept because we are we are seeing things that Ronnie is saying versus things that Vince is saying, and this is why I missed having the exit interviews because you're still getting kind of mixed stories about what actually mm -hmm. happened. And there's still questions, even though we now have some answers, but there's still questions that are up in the air. You mean you missed it last season when we didn't get them? Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify. That's uh, what I said. Isn't that what I said? You just said I missed. I, I couldn't hear if you said miss or missed. Oh, yeah. Last season, I missed it. Because that whole, okay. you know, you could come back into the game and win it. <laughs> right. 
asked. If you're voted out third. Right. Hmm. Right. Yeah, so I'm okay. just, you know, it's nice to get some, some of the inside skinny things that we didn't know, but I'm also left wondering about some of what we've heard because we didn't see anything. Like he says that he rounded everybody else, uh, you know, rounded everyone up and got the Ronnie vote. Like he's the one who led that blind side and, and the stuff he said about Dean, we didn't see any of that. And right. if it's true, kudos to Vince that he was able to pull that off. But it'll be interesting to see if we hear anything more about it in additional interviews, because, again, we didn't see any of that. We saw a lot of what Vince wanted to do, and that was work with the women. And we also saw a lot of Vince running around telling other people what other people were saying about other people. Yeah. So there was a lot of that happening that we definitely saw. But whether or not he really did bring the troops together and get everybody to vote one way. I don't know. Yeah. And remember that after that first episode, I said, I believe on the podcast, certainly on Twitter, but I believe on the podcast as well. I said, boy, it sure would have been nice to see what led to that. I understand that the producers like to blindside the viewers. Mm -hmm. but some of us would like to know who to actually credit for that. Right. And here we are two weeks later saying, gosh, I wish we knew for sure who to credit for that. Yeah. Because if he uh, did do it, he should have gotten credit for it two episodes ago, because then we would know that that actually did happen. And perhaps him being targeted is a little more clear. Yeah. Now, now, in any case, he did believe he was tight with the women. We, we already said that. But in going through all the information that we have at hand, you know, all the stuff that we've gathered, things start to get a little shaky. Because in some interviews, he said his core alliance was actually Elaine, Missy, and Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Okay. He told Rob that Elizabeth told him some of the women didn't trust him. Yep. On TV, we saw that Elizabeth was not fine with voting out Tom, but was fine with voting out Vince, supposedly part of this core alliance. Missy said in the secret scene that she wasn't sure she could trust Vince and would cut him if she had to. And is, we saw. Go ahead. Okay. And we saw Elaine in the first week appearing to be perfectly fine if the vote flipped from her to Vince as the target. So basically, it seems like none of the women were really as tight with him as he thought they were. Right. Which I, this is what I find so great about this, the group of people that are out there, because I do think that there, there's this perception that they're all this this strong women alliance and they're all together. But I think they're really focusing on themselves. I think it's more of an individual mm -hmm. thing, even though they're utilizing this idea that we're going to be this strong group and we're going to be together. But I do really get the sense they're all just playing for themselves, which I enjoy immensely because they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is what the group wants, but this is what I really want. And I think right. that that's what happened with Vince. Unfortunately, there was this kumbaya idea that we're going to be all together and we're going to be this big, happy group. And even Vince didn't know who was actually part of the group. <laughs> so there's I, I thought it was was quite interesting just to see how all of that kind of came together. Yeah. And now when Vince was asked in one interview what he would change if he could, he talked about how he decided to stay away from talking with all the women on tribal council day because he didn't want to spook the guys. But looking back now, he thinks he should have, well, checked in and he's right because what have we talked about, you know, over the past uh, couple of seasons, checking mm -hmm. in with your allies can be an important part of the first rule. 
Yeah. Now, now, do I think it would have changed anything? Probably not. Uh, you know, there was there's been some discussion since the episode that maybe the reason Karishma didn't want to give Vince a name was because the name she was voting for was uh, Vince. Uh, and, and that's certainly possible. Mm-hmm. But Vince indicated in his interviews that he was primarily in charge of keeping Karishma on target and feeling like she was part of the tribe, which took him away from the other players. So, you know, he was like managing her, I guess, in his eyes. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things that are just unclear. I I think Vince really saw himself in one role. And I think that the people that were playing the game with him saw him in in, in a different role. He had the tendency to tell other people what's being spoken about over here. I mean, we I kind of mm-hmm. went through the list and you've already talked about it where it was Chelsea or Ronnie or Dean, you know, where he was telling all of these people. And then there was all of the stuff about Krishma that you were just talking about. So maybe people were just getting very wary of the fact that if we say a name in front of Vince, he might just go and tell that person because right. that's what he's been doing. And so really that's someone that you don't, really want to align with or be in a core group with because you really don't know where they fall. If he's going around and telling everybody this person saying your name and that person saying your name, and it's, it's not like it's just who his solid number two is that he's going and warning that person. No, he's warning everybody and he's kind of using it as a tool. If the whole Dean thing is correct or true to get people to flip their vote, but then can you trust him? Because if that's not really what was said and he's making it up to try to get them to flip their vote and then if Dean figured it out later, there's a whole lot of potential issues there if you get busted doing that. So I do think that that type of strategy probably helped get him voted out when he was voted out. Yeah. And I mean, you've pretty much already kind of taken us into the second rule there because the second rule talks about scheming and plotting too much, which you just described. Mm. Uh, you know, I. I I don't think that's a surprise to many people. I I think more than anything on Twitter, uh, you know, the past few days, we've gotten people saying, aha, he was scheming and plotting too much. And yes, he certainly was, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, um, in in fact, last week, I said that I agreed with Vince that it was stupid for the men to involve him in an alliance. This was for the preview, because the last time they did that, he told everybody every plan. Right. And like you said, that continued, you know, he was doing that recon. but. You know, I, I'm sure the men knew about it. He wasn't exactly, well, hiding behind a palm frond, you know, when he was talking to people. Right. When Gordon Holmes interviewed Ronnie and did word association for Vince, as he you know, usually does, Ronnie said that Vince was erratic, frazzled, and anything you'd say to him, he'd turn around and tell them. Mm-hmm. Ronnie also said in interviews that the first vote initially switched to Vince because Vince was running around to everyone after they had discussed the vote, including when Ronnie had just mentioned that Chelsea was terrible at the puzzle. And Vince told everyone he and Aaron were putting Chelsea's name out there, too. I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Vince was all over the place and they, they just couldn't trust him. Yeah. And that's that's a huge detriment to a group of people who do think we've got this alliance or we have this group of people that we're that we're going to be working together with on the next vote because it makes you very wary and very concerned because is he really with you? And that was what Missy was talking about in her secret scene. She couldn't really tell if he was with them or wasn't with them 
because he didn't really seem very committed to anything because he was willing to just talk about everything with everyone. So I, I do think that he found himself in a difficult spot, but it was a spot that he created. He he complained in his exit interviews. And I hate to say complained, but that's kind of what he did about being stuck in the middle. But he put himself mm-hmm. there. You know, if you right. go into this game and your plan is I'm going to I want to align with the women and I want to align with strong women. Well, then do that because, my God, do you see the women that are on that tribe? You know, you want strong women. There you go. You have an incredible group of women that you could have aligned with. And instead he didn't utilize that to the best of his abilities. And that was his own creation. Nobody put him in the middle. Vince put himself in the middle. Yeah. I don't think he quite realized that at least in his day after, and maybe even not now, because he says circumstances put him in the middle. And I I would have to say he put himself there. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think circumstances did. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, if it's true that he swung the vote against Ronnie, as we discussed, it may have hurt him because when his tribe got back from the challenge, Vince again was leading the charge, trying to gun for someone. And in this case, it was Aaron and then Tom when that didn't work. And you know what happens if there's someone out there who keeps saying other people's names. And mm-hmm. we saw it on the other tribe in just a few moments. You know, it went from. Nora to Dan to Jamal because mm-hmm. everybody kept pointing to someone else. Yeah. You, you try to push your agenda that strongly things can turn around on you very quickly. Yes. And yeah, it, it worked the first vote, but that was the first vote. Now people are getting settled in. They can see what's going on more clearly. And yeah, maybe they go along with something like that. The first vote, but the more they think about it, the less they like what happened, the more they blame that person. And then that person keeps being headstrong. I, I just, you know, think that worked against him, too. Yeah, I like the the use of the word agenda that he was pushing his own agenda that you just said, because yes. I, you could really sense that in his exit interviews, too, because he talked about the Ronnie Aaron relationship and that he knew that they were gunning for him straight off the bat. So he started gunning for them. And in order to take out one of them, he went with Ronnie because no one wanted to vote against Aaron. But then he still had this like laser beam focus on Aaron and really wanted Aaron to, to be voted out. You got to just kind of got to take a break, get a step back and just be like, okay, I took care of half of the duo. We can get to Aaron because I do think that the response to wanting to vote someone out like Aaron is a normal response to uh, he's going to help us win challenges. You know, like we can't really vote him out yet because we need to win challenges. So why don't we just keep him around? That makes more sense because if you start pushing your agenda on people and it doesn't make sense for their game and potentially losing challenges doesn't make sense for anybody's game. Someone like Ronnie, you could make an argument as to why it would be better for everyone's game if he gets voted out. You can make that argument. Aaron, Aaron might be a little more, I don't know, vocal, but he's a little more vocal as to like, I don't want to do the puzzle. (laughs) I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. doing the puzzle. You do that not pushing himself on people and also helping you win challenges because he's strong. So that's someone that trying to push your agenda onto them is going to be very distasteful. And then to have it go to Tom, who's the other big guy in the tribe, I do think is, is going to come back and bite you. And I think that's clearly what we saw with Vince. Yeah. And now all of this leads back to something I've uh, hinted at a couple of times now, when I mentioned that while some people 
maybe you, believe Vince was targeted because he went to Island of the Idols. The fact is that Vince was not targeted out of the blue. He was the target Aaron and Ronnie were shooting for in the very first episode. Uh, and, and he told Mike Bloom, I thought I had rallied all the votes for Tom because I was doing the hustling at that point. Unfortunately, it just didn't come through. I also had a lack of time to bring things together. I was gone for a whole day and missed all the strategizing. But I don't think being gone was the problem. Mm. Being too schemy was the problem. And the idea of him possibly having an idol, was that was icing on the cake. You know, the, the question came up on Twitter, in particular from Aurora from last season and Elizabeth from David versus Goliath, as to why Vince was targeted for going to the Island of the Idols. But Elizabeth wasn't. And, you know, based on what we just talked about, I think it's simply that Elizabeth is straightforward and trustworthy, while Vince already had the reputation of scheming and plotting too much. I don't disagree with that. But what I will say. Nope, stop there. Just stop there. You don't (laughs) disagree with it. Stop there. Here's here's the problem I have with it, though. And he actually mentions it in his exit press and you said it too that he missed out on a whole day of strategizing missing out on an entire day with your tribe right before you have to go to a challenge and then go to tribal council potentially can be extremely detrimental because you don't know what's happening in your absence and he talked about how allegedly and again this is what he's telling us elaine and tom were having this issue and Mm -hmm. that tom was gunning for elaine but they apparently made amends while he was on the island of the idols so he didn't get to see it doesn't know what happened so i do think that it did affect his ability to continue to potentially scheme and plot too much which would have solidified him being voted for if he had continued to do that so he missed out on that so if there was any chance of him saving face he didn't really get a chance to do so then on top of it you have the prospect of him having an idol which everyone was very worried about immediately especially aaron and so there's this added concern. So he misses out on a whole day of strategizing. He might have an idol. And that whole thing was out of his control. And I know that Survivor does things. They throw things at you and things that are unexpected and they make you pick a rock, you know, stuff like that. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I feel like in this instance, that was all out of his control. His His name was picked out of a bag and he got sent to this island. And then from it, we have the, you know, this kind of ripple effect. He doesn't get to strategize and he might have an idol and we already think he's scheming and plotting too much. So it just, it helped make it easier, I think, for them to vote for him and took away some of his ability to try to help himself before going to tribal. I think he was doomed no matter what. I think whether or not he went to Island of the Idols, he was gone. You know, I, I think that the people there were all talking about him anyway. And, you know, the fact that he wasn't there for a day, sure, it made it a little easier. But like the minute he was gone, Dean was like, oh, well, let's go for him and split the vote. You know, right. uh, and it, I'm not I'm not everybody was talking that. about it openly. Mm-hmm. So he was doomed no matter what, because Elizabeth went and she didn't face that. Kelly went on the other tribe. She didn't face that. Right. But the guy who had already been scheming and plotting too much, he faced it because he was going to face it anyway. And I, again, I totally understand that, that idea, but I do think that it, it didn't benefit him and it could have benefited him if he just played the, 
damn idol, and then we wouldn't be having this well, discussion yes. we'll, about we'll him. But I know that. we'll get there. Don't I know worry. we'll get there. Yeah. No, but I do. I do think that the whole thing. And I here's another part of the difference between Elizabeth and Kelly. They weren't gone for 24 hours. They were gone for a few hours, whereas he was gone an entire night. So mm-hmm. that's a whole lot of time to be removed from the game. And we know that in the game of Survivor, everyone's looking for a reason to vote you out. And if that person isn't in your camp for 24 hours, it makes it a whole lot easier to talk about that person because they're not in your camp for 24 hours. So I, I just think that it negatively affected him. But I also think he didn't use it to his benefit because when he right. talked about coming back and Elizabeth tried to talk to him right away and it's the same Chelsea by the fire thing again, you know, dismissive Ronnie dismissed Chelsea at the fire. I, I thought he, it was the other way. I thought he, I thought he tried to talk to her and there were other people around. So they were both kind of pushing it off. No, I thought he dismissed Chelsea. I, I thought, oh. he, I thought Ronnie dismissed Chelsea. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh no 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 no, no. Sorry. yeah no I'm, back then yes, yes Ron, back, Ronnie did, yes. yes I was talking about uh, Vince and Elizabeth yes and that's and so, but that's what I'm analogizing to where you've got Ronnie who's dismissing yes. Chelsea at the fire now you have Vince who's dismissing Elizabeth when he comes back from the same place that she's been to and he knows that she's full of shit excuse my language but he oh, knows that he knows that she is. He should have used that as an opportunity to grab her and be like, listen, I know you're lying to everybody, but don't worry about it. I got your back because I'm going to do the same thing kind of thing. And then maybe he could have tried to use that to his benefit and solidify something with Elizabeth. I know he said they tried to do that later, kind of with like papaya or something, but the the moment's gone at that point. I think it was too late. And I, I just feel like that was that was a huge mistake for him to not really well, utilize that. I, I feel like you threaten her like that and she's just going to make sure you go because remember he believed that she was an ally well right so it's not okay so you don't threaten her but you at least say to her like hey elizabeth listen oh my god can you believe we met sandra and rob you know i mean you got to do something to be like okay i'm in i'm in on it with you like we're in on this together so not threatening but like like listen i know what i know what actually happened so let's let's keep this to ourselves or something along those lines i don't know i just feel like that was a missed opportunity like i said I, I don't think there were any opportunities for him. No. I think he was he was dead in the water already. Dead man walking. He had yeah, he had sunk himself way earlier on. And it just it just didn't matter anymore. And by the way, you know, in talking about yeah, he was gone for longer than them, but Elizabeth came back smelling like smoke and they didn't have fire yet. I know. You know? And apparently nobody may that didn't make anyone suspicious of her. Why? Mm-hmm. Because she was not the suspicious type. You know, and Kelly came back with an idol. Now, she did a good job or she and Sandra did a good job of hiding it. Mm-hmm. But she actually had something to hide. Right. And, you know, she did a good job there. Vince, he was he was doomed before he ever went to Island of the Idols. No, and I, I don't disagree with that. I do think that Vince was in a very, very tough spot. And I think that that was, that just made it so much worse for him. <laughs> so much worse. Anyway. Well, I think it, it gives something that he and maybe others can point to and say, well, this is the fault. You know, like I saw someone uh, um, on Reddit had said, no one's giving credit that Kelly uh, got, uh, got Vince voted out 
by pulling his name from a bag. Oh, see, know. there you go. <laughs> see, it's Kelly's fault. Um, it's but, totally Kelly's fault. That's right. But again, it comes back to no, he could have been there the, the full time. It could have been someone else. And I still think he was going. Okay. And I don't, I don't so, disagree with that entirely, but I just feel like this Island of the Idol idea, it, it can be beneficial, but it can also be very problematic for the person. That oh, goes. yes. Yeah. I mean, just like Ghost Island or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Island of Secrets in South Africa, any island like that, except for, you know, the one last season that we won't talk about. <laughs> Which can also be beneficial. Yes. But all right. So moving on from the second rule here, uh, I want to do something a little different right now and combine our discussion of the third rule, which talks about being flexible and the fourth rule, which tells players not to let their emotions control them. I don't know if I've ever combined these two rules specifically before, Mm. because I think Vince was playing somewhat emotionally. And because of that, he was inflexible in certain situations. So, so let me explain here. We know Vince was a super fan, but he also falls into a category that we've talked about before. Uh, people who were not necessarily out there to win, but for other reasons. Now, usually this was something like we saw with Wendy. I'm here to save the chickens. Well, <laughs> his reasoning was a little bit uh, higher level than that, I would say. But, you know, we heard him. We heard Ronnie a couple weeks ago uh, say in interviews that Vince wasn't out there for himself. And was not really there to win just to mess up everyone's game and stir the pot. And at the time, I, I didn't really understand it. I, I kind of took that quote and put it aside and went, huh, that's interesting. But I didn't understand it. Well, Vince himself said in interviews now that he went out with a purpose to create a platform to talk more about underrepresented people and let young people know they can be more than what their communities say they are. He said, I came out here to do a job. It would have been wonderful to get the million dollars in the title, but I was out there for the communities I represented. Mm-hmm. And then that went along with him also saying that when he came into the game, he wanted to work with women and underrepresented people and get to the end with strong women of color. And he, he got emotional in his day after video while talking about what Survivor meant to him and how he wanted to inspire other people in similar backgrounds. Now, all of this is very admirable from an outside-the-game viewpoint. Mm -hmm. But as we've said many times, including in the preseason podcast, the rules and these podcasts are about inside the game and winning, or in most cases, losing the game. You know, we quoted Harry, a superfan from the most recent Australian survivor. He said, people should play to win. Mm -hmm. It's a simple statement, but that's what we're here for. Vince wasn't playing to win. He was playing to make a point and advance his social goal. Yeah. And listen, it's admirable that you want to do that. But you know what you can also do? Do exactly what he wanted to do and still try to win. You can do both. You can be someone who is an inspiration to any number of people out there in the world. But you can also win Survivor while doing it. You know, you don't need to limit yourself. And I just feel like you should be going out on this show or going on to the show with, I want to win soul survivor. I want to win a million dollars and I'm going to be an inspiration to everyone who's watching me. And that should be the order of things. It shouldn't be, I'm going to be an inspiration and eh, 
you know, I mean, if I win, that'd be cool, but I just want to be an inspiration. How much of an inspiration are you going to be if your goal is to not win? <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like it's not really that inspirational. <laughs> yeah, you could be a lot bigger inspiration if you last much longer in the game than getting voted out third for one. Yeah, thing. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I do think that you got to give them props for having that desire and wanting to do that. I think that's wonderful. But this is a game of winning. I mean, the whole idea is to outlast, outplay, outwit. It's not out inspire, you know, so I just mm -hmm. feel like he's his focus really wasn't in the right place. And that's probably why he came across as so unpredictable and, and people were a little wary of him because he wasn't playing like a typical person plays survivor. You know, I don't because if your goal is to not win, then you really are trying to save the chickens. I mean, that's what it boils down to. If you're. If you're out there for a different reason, then you're going to be playing a much different game than everyone else. Yeah. And, you know, that's the reason that I combined these rules here, because Vince was playing emotionally in that he chose his allies, not based on how it affected his game, but on how they fit into his pre-planned narrative. Mm -hmm. And and he was inflexible because he wanted to work with the people that he came in wanting to work with, even if perhaps working with someone else would have been better for his game. It is particularly ironic because he noted in an interview that the people he wanted to work with, the strong women and the underrepresented were the very people who flipped on him. And yeah. you know why? Because they were playing the game. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to go in there with a plan and he did say in his, I think it was his day after video that you can go into a game and you can have a plan and you can have an idea of how you want to play this game. And everybody does that. We hear that in their pregame interviews when they talk to Josh Wiggler. This is what I want to do. But if you get in there and that's not possible or it's not going to work out or the person that you thought was going to be your number one turns out to be the worst alliance partner ever, you got to flip the script. You've got to change it up and do something different. And I do think that he was so locked into that narrative and so locked into that idea that he completely lost sight of the game and really it is kind of incredible that the women were the ones that voted him out and those were the ones he really thought he had aligned himself with the strongest so clearly there was a disconnect yeah yeah all right well uh before we go on with the rest of the rules let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors if there are any in your area if not we'll be back even quicker and we're back. So let's go on to the fifth rule, which discusses how players have to pretend to be nice and play the social game. How do you think Vince did in this regard? Mm, not very well. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to put it simply, the, I don't like this idea of kind of running to every person whose name has potentially been mentioned or telling other people that their name has been mentioned. If he's trying to stir the pot as Ronnie said, I don't I don't really appreciate that approach because I don't know what you're hoping to come from it. If you're just going around, if you if, if all you want to do is stir the pot, it's certainly not going to work out for you in the long run. And it's not going to earn you any friends because people are going to be afraid to talk to you because they're going to be afraid you're going to run and tell everybody what you've already said. And that's the sense that I really got from Vince is that he was just spending more time telling everybody else's secrets. To other people 
and not spending enough time really developing the social relationships with the person who might have been sharing a bit of information with him. It was almost like, haha, I have this secret and now I'm going to run and I'm going to let the world know that I, 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 I know of this particular thing. And I, don't, I just don't I really don't think that that's a great way to play. And I certainly don't think that that is going to uh, bode well for your social game. Yeah, I, I mean, frankly, I, I didn't I didn't really see much of his social game to tell us a whole lot either way, other than all the things that you've mentioned. The only thing that I can think of that he, I believe, did positively was that he was the one working to keep Karishma feeling like she was part of the group. Mm. But then she was part of the group that voted him out. So I don't know how positive that experience was. But then also he mentioned in his one of his exit interviews how he blew up on her because she kept coming to him like five times before tribal council. and she was stealing him away from everybody else who didn't have time to talk to other people and he blew up on her again not a great way to Mm -hmm. maintain an alliance or someone who you think is in your alliance if you're going to blow up on them especially if it's someone as he's described karishma to be at least in his eyes a needy individual that he needed to help kind of carry along which is how he represented her then blowing up on her not a good idea not going to help you. And so if that's what no. he did, then clearly he is going to he's ostracizing her. And so she's not going to want to work with him anymore. And then you're running around telling everybody it's it's you're I don't know. I don't like any of it. I just don't like any of it. Yeah. So I think we can move on to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. Now, I mentioned earlier that some viewers believed Vince had a problem here because of his trip to Island of the Idols and not only some viewers, but a certain Jessica. Uh, I'm just saying. uh, You're just saying, I know. But, you know, as I've already made the case, and uh, if I were the judge, I'd rule in my favor. uh, While that may have contributed a little bit, the heart of the distrust was already beating strongly. Vince was a threat because he was in the middle and nobody felt like they could trust him. With a merge potentially on the horizon, people were probably worried they would end up with him on a new tribe and he would flip on them. I would like to say I object, but I don't. Nope. <laughs> so, no, I, I do agree that there I do think that there was a significant concern because nobody really knew where he where his true alliance was or where his loyalties actually lied. So I do think that concern of a swap. Everybody's kind of thinking that at this point in time. And then the idea that he might have an idol certainly can be disconcerting. And that's exactly what we did see transpire. I do. I've already gone on my soapbox about Island of the Idols. I certainly don't think it helped him at all. I think it made it easier for them to find more reasons to vote him out because not only is he someone that we're already gunning for, but now he might have an idol. So it, it really kind of, that was like the, the nail in the coffin, if you will. Well, you said that, you know, it, it didn't help him, but as we get to the seventh rule, which covers idols and advantages, we mm. finally have something to talk about for this rule because, well, Vince went home with an idol in his water bottle. Right. And he got from Island of the Idols. You know, 
even worse, he went home with an idol. He could only use this tribal council or next. I know. So what are you doing? What do you well, what do you think about that? Well, in his exit interviews, he talked about how his plan for the idol was to save it for the next tribal council in hopes that he could target Aaron and somehow put all the votes on him and play the idol for himself or someone in his alliance if needs be. He had some convoluted idea. That's a bad idea for a lot of reasons. The first is <laughs> that means you're going to tribal council again. So you have to actually go to tribal council to carry out this convoluted plan about trying to get Aaron out and using the idol to save whoever. And he also was talking about the swap in case they went to a swap. He wanted to have the mm-hmm. idol and then that way he could use it for himself or someone in his alliance. Again, that's an unknown. You can't play this game three days ahead. You have to play the game day by day and what's transpiring. And they were going to tribal council. People had already talked about voting him out. He got two votes the first the first tribal council they went to. So clearly he's already someone who is being targeted. And if you know that those things have a have a timer, if you will, and it's gonna and you're only got so long to use it, use it when the opportunity presents itself. Especially if you know that you're someone who People have been voting for before or considering voting out. Even if you think your alliance is strong, all he had to do was say, hey, here's an idol. I can't use it at any other tribal. Make it up. I can only use it at one tribal. So here it is. I'm using it at this tribal council because then maybe you can gain some favor or not upset people by using it. If you say it's limited in time, I can only use it this one time. You know, that's good. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that last part, but that's yeah, that's really good. Uh, And obviously, I mean, obviously he should have used it. We can say that now, but you're you're exactly right. He knew that at least Aaron was gunning for him, Mm -hmm. at least one person. Yeah, he believed the women were solid, but he was going to get votes or a vote. And, you know, it's just it made no sense, like you said, to look ahead and worry about that. So, you know, as I cleverly noted on Twitter, right around the same time as at least 50 other people cleverly said the same thing, <laughs> uh, the lesson at Island of the Idols was to stay calm under pressure. And he apparently learned it a little too well there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just it's there's no reason to not use it because you don't know if you're going to be at the next tribal council. You just have no idea when they gave. I think it was I don't even remember when there were some other island that you could go to and win something and you could extend the life of the idol you could use it at one ghost island yeah you could use it at one or two Mm -hmm. and again it's it's like do you does the risk outweigh the reward and i feel like for vince it was very clear what needed to happen who cares if it's good for two who cares use it at this one because you might not be at the next one and then guess what you never got you know you have an idol that is now worthless i mean granted you can be creative with it but my God, just use well, just, it, especially just to clarify, it's to the next two tribal councils that you go to. Was that what it rule. was? Yes. So when mm, I thought you were saying you might not be at the next one, I thought it was because you were going to get voted out, which is still valid. I think everything you said is still valid for that reason. Yes. OK, so it's not just I see. So it's the next two that you're at. But yeah, I mean, yes. still lie and say I can only use it at one. Exactly. And then guess what? He would have been shocked and realize, oh, no. <laughs> I thought I had, yeah, like I thought I had this core group of people. I clearly don't. And it would have been an eye-opening experience for him and moment of clarity. But he didn't get to do that. 
Yeah. And then the other thing is that uh, Stephen brought up on know-it-alls, which is that, you know, any time that someone might have an advantage, it does raise the threat level somewhat. Stephen knows about this firsthand, you know, so playing an idol right away in that situation reduces the threat level because now they know they have nothing to fear from you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right, we can move on to Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And a big part, of course, is that they should, whenever possible, vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. Clearly, a number of people on this tribe still wanted to vote out the weak, and that's fine. Tom was pushing hard that they should get rid of people who caused them to lose the challenges, You know, noting that uh, people who step up to do the puzzle need to do the puzzle, mm. uh, which seemed to be pointing at Karishma. We have to remember that Vince was on the puzzle for that first challenge when they also lost the one where Ronnie described him as flopping around like a fish in the desert. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it didn't matter necessarily which of the puzzles it was. They knew that Vince had stepped up once and couldn't do it. Well, they weren't going to let him do another one. But, you know, did it matter that Karishma and Dean failed at the puzzle this time? Well, yeah, a bit. but that Vince information was already there. Yeah. What again is interesting is Dean was on both puzzles that failed. And yet somehow he has escaped attention from the edit too. Yes. Yes. He's definitely from the edit. But I do think that there's another part of this rule that we don't spend that much time on when you're talking about weak and the strong is that you can actually, I think if you, if you have the wrong personality or you have the wrong, I don't even know what the, right word is but almost like your aura like how you're making the tribe feel sometimes you can just bring the whole tribe down because of how you're acting and how you're presenting yourself out there and if if he's someone who was also negatively affecting their ability to be a tribe and to kind of feel like they could come together if he's as he said in the middle and almost creating a divide well then that can certainly cause them to do poorly in the challenges as a group but then obviously when you get to the puzzle it's a little more centered and focused on whoever's doing the puzzle so we know that he didn't do well in the first one so there is that question about how beneficial he was in the challenges yeah absolutely yeah and you know there is that part in the rule that says you can either be weak strength-wise challenge-wise or because you cause dissension within the tribe and absolutely someone who is running around telling everyone else whenever someone said something about them that is someone who is causing dissension in the tribe, or as Ronnie said, stirring the pot. <laughs> stirring the pot. Love it. So, all right. So we're done with the rules. And uh, before I get to my conclusions, what are your final thoughts? Well, I'd like to say to homeboy Vince from the 209, unfortunately, <laughs> you stirred the pot a little too much and uh, caused your own demise here. I do know that I went off on a tangent on the Island of the Idols. I really think it was the final nail in the coffin. It made it much easier for people to decide to vote you out since they immediately started talking about it when you got on the boat. But overall, I do think that Vince went out there with the wrong goal in mind. He went out there wanting to create this narrative. And unfortunately, his narrative was limited to eight days. And his narrative is going to include that he ran around the idol, uh, ran around the island telling on other people, which really certainly didn't help the core alliance that he thought he had created with the women. I appreciate the sentiment and the idea that he wanted to fight with the women and wanted to win with the women and play with the women. 
And he really had a strong group of women to do that with. But unfortunately, even the women were questioning where his loyalties lie and what his true, where his true allegiance was, if you will, and couldn't really figure him out. So I do think that overall, Vince found himself in a very, very difficult spot, but Vince put himself there. If you're going to go into a game and you have a plan in place and you realize that that plan is not going to work for whatever reason, you got to change it and you have to do something else. And unfortunately, Vince couldn't even realize that that's what was happening to him because he was so strong in this idea that he had his core group of women who were going to vote with him. And then all of those women voted him out. So clearly he wasn't in on the on the secret or in the group, didn't know it was actually transpiring clearly unaware of his surroundings and the people he was playing the game with. So he got played really well by them, but at the same time, he wasn't playing to win. So unfortunately for Vince, he found himself voted out with an idol in his water bottle, which is so sad. So he's got a great memorabilia. No, he doesn't. They took it from him. (gasps) They took it? I didn't realize that. Yeah. In an interview, he said they took it from him and repainted it. No. Oh, that's mean. I know. Okay, so even CBS has it out for him. Well, Survivor. I, okay. I don't think CBS. All right, well, sur- the Survivor people. You mean to tell me they couldn't just come up with a new one? Well, hey, according to according to Mike Bloom and uh, Josh Wiggler, they had a bunch of them out there. But that's uh, what but, I don't understand. You know, I don't I don't know, believe you know. that. I, I, I think that they just took it from him and said, bad boy, we're taking your... We're taking your idol. I don't believe that. Mm, I question that. Well, I'm just telling you. Just telling you. All right. Well, sorry, Vince. You don't even get that then. You get voted out after day eight, and you don't even get to bring home what most people would think is one of the most awesome like, and sad pieces of memorabilia that you could have from playing that game. So, yeah, that's too bad. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Well, as you've mentioned, Vince went on Survivor for a few reasons, but the primary one was seemingly not to win. He had some great experiences in his relatively short time, and he was able to advance the issues he wanted to promote. But doing that hamstrung his game. He determined that he would only make allies from a certain group, only go to the end with specific types of people. That is definitely not the way to win Survivor. Even so, Vince did play Survivor with gusto. He was scheming and plotting his heart out, but it was too much. You can't start out in such a high gear and expect to be able to keep it going. The early votes are not the time to ensure you're pushing everyone to do what you want. The first week or so is a particularly bad time to be running back and forth between groups and circulating information about every plan you hear. Vince wanted to align with the women and thought he wasn't good with them, but all of them had reasons to be wary of him. As I've mentioned, Some people, including Jessica, have been saying that being picked (laughs) to go to Island of the Idols killed Vince's game. It helped, Uh, okay? As a matter of fact, you said it was the final nail in the coffin. Even if we accept it was the final nail in the coffin, that coffin was already built and had 16 nails already in it. It was just the final one. (laughs) Yes. So I would say, you know, that the idea that it killed his game is simply not true. In fact, it's quite the opposite, as going there actually gave him the opportunity to save his game. Vince knew at least one person, maybe more, was coming after him, but he saved his idol so he could make a big play at the next tribal council. 
I'm glad he was thinking ahead and analyzing the possible scenarios. But as we said last week, you can't worry about the long term until you survive the short term. Vince schemed too much and far too obviously, but he didn't realize how he's, he was perceived by those he considered his allies. So he didn't save himself when he had the chance. And that is why Vince lost. And they took his idol. Yeah, yes. It's so sad. That is so sad. Well, they took his idol, they nailed it in a coffin, and they buried it on the island of the idols. Well, there you go. It's right underneath those really big totems. Yes. Is that what you call those big heads? With I, big she, they called them totems. I would call it a big statue or something I, did, like I didn't that. think it was a totem, but I was like, okay, no. we can go with totem. I still think, by the way, that CBS has missed out on a huge marketing opportunity by not making smaller versions, because I am telling you, I would have bought one. Yeah, each. you would think they would have done that. I don't understand how they didn't do that. They make mugs, they make hats, they make shirts. Why not little Rob and Sandra heads? Yeah, because the other stuff's probably easy. They've already, it's printing. Here you go. It's a print on a hat, done and done. That takes a little more creativity. I don't care. I'd have, I'd have paid through the nose for that. So. Wow, CBS, are you listening? Would yeah, have paid no through the nose. I yeah. probably would get one too. That'd be fun. Yeah. A little, little Sandra head on my desk at work. That'd be fun. Well, Rob had, I feel like Sandra looks more like Sandra than Rob looks like Rob. I agree. So they should have put a, a, a Boston hat on him to make it clearer. That's true. He does need a Boston hat for sure. So, <sighs> well, there we All are. All right. All right. So here we are at uh, your favorite part, the predictions. And uh, so what did we get from them this time? Well, the preview showed a romance between Dean and Chelsea. Didn't see that coming, mostly because no. we didn't see Dean. Um, <laughs> and, and then the second preview shows that there is a lesson about not coupling up. So finally, you know, Rob and Survivor are listening and know that that's part of the second rule. So remember, earlier I talked about how they were teaching part of the first rule. Now they're teaching part of the second rule. They are just going through the rules. They really are. But it's interesting that Rob is teaching them not to couple up. Yeah, that is kind of funny, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's interesting, at least. So, so yeah. So, Aaron, obviously, is the one who knows about this. He wants to split them up and even calls it dangerous. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's going on there. On Vokai, we're past the point of random draws for Island of the Idols, and someone needs to apparently choose to go. Uh, we get a confessional of Lauren saying it's not going to be her, basically. And the other thing we see is Tommy takes a groin shot in a blindfold challenge. Yeah. Doesn't Kelly say something, though, about it could blow up her chances if someone else goes? I might have. Yeah, she yeah. might have. I mean, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I mean, that's going to happen whenever someone else goes. So right. unless she's going to volunteer to go back again and they'd be crazy to let her do that. But that would be genius for her to do. It would. Uh, so. The first question we have to answer is which tribe wins immunity? Uh, based on absolutely nothing other than maybe Tommy's groin shot, I, I think it's going to flip back to uh, Lero, meaning the stuff about Dean and Chelsea will be meaningless. Um, then the question is whether I still think Nora will be next, because you know that's what I was thinking before. After the quick change of targets we saw this week, I, I don't think she will be. It seems like Jamal is making the mistake of pushing his views too much, much like someone we just talked about. Uh -oh. I am afraid I'm going to lose my winner pick sitting next to you at the New York know-it-alls. Oh, 
<gasps> That's going to be so much fun for me. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, because I get to like take your picture and post it yes. when it's happening. Yes. Well, except I'll be ready for it this time. Yeah. I don't even want to make my guess now because I want yours to come true. <laughs> Ouch. I'm so sorry. I don't even want mine to come true. Listen, my girl Molly, she's already gone. So it's only fair that you lose your winner pick early. No, I just, just saying. It's only fair. Come on, Survivor Gods, work with me here. No. Ah, well, that's interesting. That is interesting because I didn't necessarily think that it was going to be Jamal. I think he's in a bad place, but I think he at least has some ability to fix where he's at because that all kind of happened really quick. You know what? They were shifting the target with who they were going to be focusing on. I would prefer to see, I'm going to call them orange because I can't keep all their names straight. (laughs) Clearly, if you didn't notice that on Twitter, I'm very bad at keeping their tribe name straight. I would love to see them go back to tribal just because they lose. It's orange. (laughs) I hate to say that, but they need to get away from that color because that color seems to be problematic for anyone who's on that colored tribe. It doesn't matter what season we're talking about, but let's stop doing purple and orange. Can we pick a new color, please? But I, I don't, I, I just have this, when I was going through and writing down names and kind of looking at where people are associated, I feel like Dan is kind of on the outs. I feel like he doesn't really have anyone that would be fighting for him. And we've seen that he's quote unquote rubbed people the wrong way. Mm. So, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's going to be Dan. That's what I was thinking. I think I think it's going to be Dan based on really nothing other than my inability to make predictions. So guess what? Dan's not going to be going home because I'll be wrong. Well, did you think about the fact that since we're always wrong and I predicted Jamal, I am actually saving Jamal retroactively. Oh, my God. You're cheating now. <laughs> what the hell? I'm telling you. All right. Well, then Jamal's not going home. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you've done that in the past. Yeah, we know. I have negative effects on so many people that play this game that have already played it. Yes. The butterfly effect. It really is. The the backwards butterfly effect. That's true. That's what we said last time. Anyway. Yeah. So that's. So I'm going with Dan. All right. Well, I think uh, both of those are certainly possible. And by that, I mean, it'll probably be the other tribe entirely. Yeah, that's true. And if it's the other tribe entirely, I won't make my guess. I'll leave it alone. Well, if it's the other tribe entirely, I think Karishma's in trouble. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly clear. Uh, so Yeah, I would agree. That's, that's one reason I don't think it'll be that tribe. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. So, all right. Well, we're getting to wrap up here, and I want to uh, encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program by heading to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Uh, now, earlier I talked about the the RHAP pop socket. That was a giveaway that Rob had just uh, ended for new patrons, but I, I'm pretty sure there is still a level at which you can get a pop socket. So hopefully that'll push it to the edge and that's exactly what you need <laughs> and you will become a patron because of that. But you get a pop socket. Yes. If, if, that isn't really going to do it for you. Um, although, honestly, I've heard 
from some people that it, that was it. So, you know, I'm, I'm not disparaging any of those people. Uh, there are many other things that you can get as a patron. You can get uh, weekly Facebook call-in shows, a Q&A podcast with his wife, Nicole, and more. And you can go on Facebook for the RHAP patron groups, and you'll find a great community of people you can talk to about Survivor, Big Brother, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, that's robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello to us. Yeah. And I will say that people who post are diehard fans. You can tell that they love the shows that they're watching. They love Survivor. They're very involved in the community and they have a lot of insight. So if you are someone who loves Survivor, loves Big Brother, that's a great group of people for you to join because you really can talk about the shows that you love with people who love them just as much as you do. So it's, it's a great, great place to go. Great place to join. And the pop socket. Awesome bonus. Yep. Yep. And you should follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Lewis 89 and David Bloomberg is at David Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> it's very creative at David Bloomberg and at Jessica Lewis 89. And you should follow us both because we do tweet back and forth. We also both live tweet and it's quite fun on Wednesdays because sometimes we comment on each other's posts, which is always fun. And if you follow me in particular, you might just catch a picture or two of David Bloomberg, especially this coming Wednesday, since we'll be in the same place watching Survivor together. Yes, so you we should will. Follow me so you can see that when I post. His face when Jamal gets voted out. When Jamal is perfectly safe. Yeah, it'll be uh, great. So, so yeah. And by the way, since we are talking about the uh, New York City Know-It-Alls Live, that is another benefit of becoming a patron, kind of to go back to that, is all of the tickets were bought by patrons. Mm-hmm. They never got out of the patron group. So that's something else. You not only get discounts to events like this, but you also get first access to it and sometimes only access. So something else to keep in mind. Um, yeah. As far as a hashtag, I don't know if you had anything in mind. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought you were about to say something. Oh, I'm, I was I, thinking of, of coffin, nail in the coffin, but I know you don't like that because you're going to be like that. Yeah, he was already doomed. He was already in the coffin. Yeah. He was already buried. I mean, yeah. We could say, yeah, the coffin was already built, but that's a very <laughs> long, very long hashtag. That is there. a very long hashtag. So I was going to go a completely different way and go with what we were talking about in the first 15 minutes, which would be palm frond. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like it. Mission, mission, not impossible. Yes. Well, that's what he needed. He needed a palm frond in uh, tribal council that he could hide behind. And listen, I'm going to just say this, okay? Just two seconds. I know this has been over an hour and people are probably like, Jessica, stop ranting at this point. but. That palm frond that she had was the most beautiful and full palm frond I think I've ever seen. And I can tell you, being out on that island, that is not just a typical palm frond that he would have just come across while he was out there in the dark. That is not one that's easily found. I think they searched for that puppy. They found the greatest palm frond they could. And they were like, here you go, Sandra, hide behind this. (laughs) I was like, where did she find that? Well, it was all part of the lesson. You have to find the proper palm frond. Oh, my gosh. That was like the biggest palm frond I've ever seen. 
they were so I there was finding a good palm frond was like finding a needle in a haystack. You I mean it was like finding gold. It was an amazing thing to be like, wow, look at how like this one's so full and voluptuous. It was like there wasn't a lot of those. We're we're still talking about palm fronds here, right? Yes. I I'm telling you, there they it was over like how tall is she? Like five five, five four? I, I don't know. That thing was taller than she was. I'm sorry. Well, that's, that's how you hide behind is, it. That is not a typical palm frond. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> so in case we haven't said the word palm frond enough times already, remember that is the hashtag. And of course, the <laughs> hashtag for this podcast overall is YX Lost. Uh, before we finish, I want to remind everyone about the poster that we discussed briefly earlier, which covers all of the rules. Again, you can go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Uh, also wanted to mention, you can go on that. That link will take you to eBay. If you are outside the U.S., that you can't order it through them. So just direct message Jessica, and she will notify the shipping department, which is herself, yes. and uh, work out the details with you. I'll I'll talk to the packaging department, which is also myself, and I will go into the back of my house and uh, find the boxes and package it up for you. So that yeah, I'll take care the, of all the, of the, the mail center. That's right. I will be in the mail center in the back of my house, sending them out to you. But yes, please contact me. I don't mind at all making arrangements to get it wherever you may reside. We can certainly get it to you. It's a little more expensive, obviously, for shipping, but we can make it happen. Okay. Uh, Make sure that you're subscribed to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor or on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed. And both places, you can find great content like the Know-It-Alls, the RHAP B&B, and the Wiggle Room, where I believe Jessica will be crawling into uh, at some point soon. I am. I have to go steal you a hat. Yes. Uh, Thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does the editing on all the Why Blank Loss podcasts. Thanks, as always, to Will for America for the theme song. And thanks to you, Jessica, for another great episode. And, of course, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person on Wednesday. I know. This is very exciting. Thank you, David, for a great episode as well. And yeah, Wednesday's going to be super fun. I'm hoping that all goes well. And it's always a good time when we are together at Kia events. Everyone is, I don't know, it's just a good group because everyone loves the show so much. And it's fun watching it in a room full of people that are getting excited about what's transpiring. So I really hope it's an exciting episode because that always makes it much better. So it'll be a good time. Yes, yes. So... All right. Well, we will see some of you live there, a relatively small fraction compared to the listeners, but hey, some of you and uh, the rest of you. Well, we'll be talking to you again in a week. Bye. Survivor and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and we'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why blind glass Oh baby, this is why blind glass